Hello and welcome to another installment of CSO Executive Sessions Australia. I'm Ed Kennedy, the editor of CSO Australia, and I'm very pleased to be joined today by Sadiqa Shaheen, Head of Cyber Governance at Lander and Rogers. 2023, of course, follows a very, very eventful one for cybersecurity in 2022. How would you reflect on the year that was? Um, last year and this year, for the matter of the fact, um, is tough for cybersecurity. Overall trends in the cybersecurity in the past year, there was a mixture of good news and bad news. Uh, the notion that continued to play is data breach. So in general, cybersecurity incidents have become more frequent and severe over the years. And um, this trend is likely to continue in the future. In 2022, we have seen an increase in number of cyber attacks, data breaches, and other cybersecurity incidents as um, threat actors continue to develop more sophisticated and targeted attack techniques. I think the cause of the data breach turns out to be ransomware as a core of many of them, not all of them, uh, but many. Uh, but the good things happened last year um, in response to these threats. Many organizations have invested heavily in cybersecurity initiatives, such as uh, implementing advanced security technologies, increasing employee training, developing incident response plans. Um, in 2022, we may have seen a continued focus on these initiatives that organizations strive to stay ahead of evolving threat landscape. Also, multi-factor authorization is one. It's not a new concept, but the idea that I can authenticate, prove myself, identify to the system based on something I know, um, I have something I am, that became more popular. I think the, another trend that may have continued in 2022 is the increasing importance of data privacy regulations, um, such as GDPR and our own Australian Privacy Act. These regulations have raised the bar for data security and privacy, and organizations that fail to comply with them may face significant fines and other penalties. In 2022, we may have seen an increased focus on compliance with these regulations, as well as the development of new regulations in um, other regions. So I think overall, um, the cybersecurity landscape is constantly evolving and it's essential for organizations to stay up to date with the latest developments and best practices to mitigate the risk of cyber attacks. I think in general, um, Australia has seen a significant increase in cyber attacks and data breaches in recent years. In 2022, we may have seen an escalation in number and severity of these incidents um, as threat actors continue to develop more advanced attack techniques. And the trend will continue in 2023, unfortunately. Um, one notable event that may, uh, may have occurred in 2022 is the introduction of new cybersecurity regulations and initiatives by the Australian government. In recent years, the government has taken steps to improve the country's cybersecurity posture, including the launch of cybersecurity strategy, the creation of um, Australian Cybersecurity Centre. In 2022, the government continued to invest in these initiatives and introduce new regulations to strengthen the country's cybersecurity defences. Um, another trend that may have continued in 2022 sorry, is the increasing adoption of cloud computing and other digital technologies by Australian businesses. While these technologies offer many benefits, they also present new cybersecurity risks and organizations need to ensure they have robust security measures in place to protect the data and system. 
So I think overall the cybersecurity landscape in Australia is constantly evolving and it's essential for organizations to stay up to date with the latest developments, best practices to mitigate this risk. The Australian government has taken steps to improve the country's cybersecurity posture, but there's still more work to do to stay ahead. How do you see 2023 shaping up in the months ahead for cybersecurity? Yeah, look, um, firstly, the cyber attacks have become more sophisticated and frequent over the years. And as I said, like this trend is likely to continue in 2023 with the increasing adoption of technology, such as artificial intelligence, cloud computing, and the internet of things, there will be new attack vectors for cyber criminals to exploit. Um, secondly, the pandemic has accelerated digital transformation and many organizations have shifted to remote work which has resulted in higher number of potential attack surfaces. Uh, this trend may continue in 2023. And as more companies adopt a hybrid working model that combines remote and in-office work. And I think thirdly, the adoption of the strict data protection regulations that we discussed uh, just before, like GDPR and updated Australian regulations has raised the bar of data security and privacy. This trend is likely to continue in 2023 with more countries and regions implementing similar regulations. So I think overall, um, I, I repeat like overall, the cybersecurity landscape is constantly evolving and it's essential for individuals and organizations to stay vigilant and keep up with the latest developments and best practices to mitigate the risk of cyber attacks. When it comes to the Australian cybersecurity landscape, what pleases you about its present positioning? One positive development in the Australian cybersecurity landscape is um, the government's increasing focus on cybersecurity. Uh, in the recent years, the government has taken steps to improve the country's cybersecurity posture. Um, as I said before, including the launch of uh, cybersecurity strategy, ACSC, that is Australian Cybersecurity Centre. We now have an honourable cybersecurity minister, and recently um, she has appointed nation's first cybersecurity coordinator and government's initi initiatives of reviewing the cybersecurity strategy and asking for business and individuals for input in the strategy to help Australia become more secure country. The government has also invested in initiative to improve cybersecurity capabilities of small and medium-sized enterprises and to foster collaboration between government, industry and academia. I think that's a great, great uh, improvement. And I think another positive development is the growing awareness of cybersecurity risk among Australian businesses and individuals. Many organizations have invested in uh, cybersecurity measures to protect their systems and data, and individuals have become more vigilant about protecting their personal information online. Um, I think the Australian cybersecurity industry is growing and becoming increasingly sophisticated with a range of innovative cybersecurity solutions and services available to organizations of all sizes. Um, I think this is due to partly, sorry, this is partly due to government initiatives to support the growth of cybersecurity industry, as well as um, the increasing demand for cybersecurity solutions in the face of rising threats. Yeah, look, overall, there will be still more work to be done, but I think um, we are doing great from last few years. On the other side of the coin, what concerns you? What work do you think remains to be done surrounding the Australian cybersecurity sector? One major concern is the increasing frequency 
and sophistication of cyber attacks targeting Australian businesses and government organizations. Um, these attacks can cause significant disruption and financial losses, and there's a need for more robust and comprehensive cybersecurity measures to prevent them. Um, and another concern is the shortage of the cybersecurity professionals in Australia and overall across the globe. Um, as the demand of cybersecurity expertise grows, there is a need to attract and retain skilled cybersecurity professionals to ensure that uh, the organizations have the necessary capabilities to protect against cyber attacks. Um, I think um, there is also a better need, much better need for collaboration between government, industry, and academia. I mean, we are working, government is working together um, to close that gap, which is great. Government has started taking initiatives, but hopefully we close that gap rather sooner uh, for a better collaboration between government, industry, and um, academia. And finally, I think there is a need to address the growing cybersecurity risk associated with emerging technologies, such as um, Internet of Things, cloud computing, artificial intelligence, as I mentioned before. These technologies offer many benefits, but also present new and complex cybersecurity challenges that require innovative and adaptive solutions. What pros and cons do you see when it comes to AI being utilized in the legal sector? Uh, that's a good question. So uh, look, from my own point of view, I'm not speaking on behalf of my current organization or any other legal firm. Um, artificial intelligence has made significant impacts on the legal sector, offering both advantages and disadvantages. So recognizing the potential benefits and risk is crucial for a comprehensive evaluation of AI adoption in this domain, I guess. So on this positive side, uh, AI brings several advantages to the legal, legal sector. One of the key benefits is increased efficiency. So AI-powered tools, they can automate repetitive and time-consuming tasks, such as document review, contract analysis, and legal research. This automation frees up valuable time for legal professionals to focus on more complex and strategic matters, improving overall productivity. And um, I think by leveraging machine learning algorithms, AI systems can analyze vast amount of data and identify patterns and anomalies more effectively than humans. So I think this enhanced accuracy can minimize the errors and inconsistency in legal documents, ultimately leading to a better outcomes. And I think another advantage is cost savings. AI technologies can help reduce costs associated with manual labor, especially for the tasks that can be automated. So by streamlining processes, legal organizations can optimize resource allocation and potentially achieve, um, I would say, cost efficiencies. Um, however, I think it's important to acknowledge the potential drawbacks and risk of AI adoption in the legal sector. Uh, AI algorithms can be trained on bias data, leading to bias outcomes. And look, data privacy and security concerns are also significant. AI applications often require access to sensitive legal information and personal data. So legal organizations must implement a robust data protection measures, um, adhere to privacy regulations and safeguard against unauthorized access or breaches to maintain client confidentiality and trust. And I think uh, moreover, the lack of transparency in AI algorithm can be a challenge as well. Some AI systems operate as a black box, making it difficult to understand how decisions are reached. 
So ensuring transparency and interpretability of AI models is crucial. I think especially in legal context where accountability and explainability are important. Um, yeah, so I think overall AI adoption in the legal sector offers several advantages, <laughs> such as increased efficiency, improved accuracy, cost savings, enhanced decision making. But as I said, there are certain risks as well that needs to be handled, I think, efficiently. In what ways can parents teach their children about cybersecurity and keep them safe online to your mind? Um, yes, Ed, um, I have two children, aged 9.5 and two and a half year old. So uh, teaching kids about cybersecurity and keeping them safe online is something I feel passionately about, especially as a parent myself. Um, I think it's crucial to equip them with the right knowledge and tools to navigate the digital world safely. My younger one is really like a baby, but she still uses iPads, but I don't think she'll understand when I when I try to explain to her. So I have to keep a close eye and monitor. But with my older one, um, I I keep open communication because I think open communication is, is key. I make sure to have regular conversation with her about online safety. Uh, we discuss the importance of not sharing personal information, being cautious about accepting friend requests or messages from strangers and understanding the potential risk of oversharing. I mean, it's just not online. You know how you teach your children, like do not talk to strangers, even when you're walking out. It, it's very much very similar analogy I give to her. So when you're online, um, do not accept or talk to strangers. Um, I also involve myself in their online activities, like by taking interest in what they do online, I can better understand their digital habits and I can actually guide them towards making responsible choices. Um, I feel like it's essential to establish trust with your kids so they feel comfortable coming to you if they encounter any problems or concerns. Um, educating them about strong passwords is also, um, I guess, is important. Um, and updating them regularly is another aspect I emphasize. Uh, we actually uh, even make it a fun activity to create secure passwords together. Um, uh, moreover, I also introduce um, her to age-appropriate cybersecurity tools and apps that can help them save online. And I think a lot of schools are doing great. They are introducing kids at that young age concepts about uh, cybersecurity. I do have parental control software, for instance, that can be useful in managing screen time and blocking inappropriate content. And she understands why I'm doing that because she's getting that education from school as well as from me at home. I think teaching them um, about the potential consequences of cyberbullying is also important and how to be kind and respectful online is crucial too. Um, look, lastly, I would say staying up to date with the latest online trends and threats is essential. As technology evolves rapidly, I try to keep myself informed so I can better guide my kids and address any challenges that may arise. So I would say like overall fostering a supportive and informed environment at home with open communication and ongoing education helps parents empower their children uh, to be responsible digital citizen and stay safe. What insights would you share specifically with cybersecurity professionals keen to learn more from another professional in their field? 
Um, yeah, and look, cybersecurity is such a small world. So I would recommend um, networking is very important. Keep your cybersecurity peers close to you. And I would also say um, ongoing learning and staying up to date uh, by attending conferences or um, security events or uh, probably webinars and stuff. Um, other thing I find very helpful is uh, mentoring sessions. So be a mentor and help other security peers or um, be a mentee and get perspective from your mentor. And um, also I would say like, don't be, I, I think we shouldn't be hard on ourselves. We are doing the best we can be. Stress is the reality of this job and it is a difficult role. So when, when you feel under pressure, just take a deep breath, trust in your skills and experience and trust in your team. And with that last question, that brings us to the end of this conversation. Thank you to those in our audience and Sadiqa, a special thanks to you for taking part in this chat today. It was a pleasure to be here, Ed, and chatting with you. Just as this has been a great conversation here, please keep an eye out for another instalment soon of CSO Executive Sessions Australia.